0: You're probably already familiar with Vogue. You know, the publication that has given audiences an exclusive inside look at fashion and cultural moments for more than a hundred years. You can expect no less from Vogue's podcast, The Run-Through with Vogue.
1: Meet the influential people behind the scenes of fashion's greatest moments, from designers and creative directors to Vogue editors and the woman behind the infamous Vogue closet.
0: Get inspired while listening to the creative processes of people like author Zadie Smith, fashion designer Tori Birch and uh, recent star of the Super Bowl, Usher.
1: Go beyond the pages of Vogue with The Run-Through, available wherever you get your podcasts. Fire. Thanks, I don't need help.
0: Just watch me love myself. That's all I want.
1: I'm Claire Fallon and I'm Emma Gray and this is Love to See It an obsessively detailed recap podcast about The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry
0: and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex and dating. Oh, love
1: Welcome to Love to See It with Emma and Claire, a true crime podcast about a man with a dark secret, a man who is open to the possibility of one day becoming The Bachelor.
0: The darkest, dirtiest deed imaginable, just the depths of devil behavior. This week, the investigation of Thomas's crimes culminates in a dramatic show trial,
1: really just the worst humanity has to offer. And it's going to be difficult for us to even think about his. Can needs. we even speak his name? I prefer that we not lest we summon him. Our guests today fell through. So we're going through this terrifying episode alone, which actually may be for the best because we went really bananas with the notes. We have like 12 pages of notes. So, um, Please bear with us as we try to be as succinct as possible. Yeah,
0: guys, this episode was full of filler and yet somehow um Claire and I can talk about literally anything.
1: Yeah. Um we can't promise it'll be interesting, but we're going to do our best. So, yeah, speaking of the filler, I mean, so this whole episode is it's one group date and it's a rose ceremony. That is I would say like half of a of a normal episode. Um, in terms of the actual mechanical components of a Bachelor episode, they have half of that and somehow they made a full episode out of it, mostly by just blowing it all out with hours of angst over He Who Must Not Be Named. Did it feel like too much for filler for you like did it bother you did you enjoy it I find it kind of relaxing sometimes when there's I (laughs) agree
0: I was into it I was like this is like a placid sea of an episode despite you know this uh build up of drama and anxiety yeah and I enjoyed the like slow return of Blake that we all knew was coming. I I, I don't know. I, yeah. it was a, I was able to let it wash over me. It's like, and I was it, here for
1: it. Is it filler? Or is it just part of the natural rise and fall of narrative? You know, it can't all be the climax. You've got to have the exposition and the slow build, the denouement. Like we're not really there yet but i kind of i kind of let. i'm like yeah bring in Tasha and caitlin for their third girl chat of the episode i don't have anything else to do with my evening um so let's- also
0: can we just talk about how like lovely it is to have Tasha and caitlin there to guide katie rather than chris harrison it's like every week i'm like oh my god <laughs> Imagine if this was Chris Harrison. That'd be weird.
1: <laughs> Imagine if Chris Harrison was like, someone from my past wants to meet you. <laughs> it's Blake. And he's over me, finally. No, I mean, it's true. There are moments when Caitlin would make a little snarky comment or something, and I'd be like, Chris Harrison couldn't do this.
0: Like, could never. No
1: way. In this moment, what would Chris Harrison be doing? He'd be like crinkling his eyes very seriously at Katie and saying, "Like, well, you must have a lot to think about right now." Um, the human equivalent of filler in certain ways. So let's let's get let's dive into the action. We open with this sort of group scene, different things happening in different parts of the property. Thomas is jogging down a lonely, dusty trail. Meanwhile, the the guys are all gathered in small to medium-sized groups discussing Thomas. Uh, Christian and Trey are sort of leaning on a low wall and remembering that shocking moment when Thomas confessed to having once months ago in his life thought of the possibility of being The Bachelor. And we actually get like a full flashback
0: I loved this. As um, someone who consumes Bravo, this is like a convention that Bravo shows lean really heavily on. Like they will roll back the tape. Do they put like a really heavy gray filter on it? Oh, often, yes. 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 You have to to visually denote the fact that this is a different moment in time, even if it was like two hours ago. (laughs) Um, And so I enjoyed this device being used on The Bachelor because we almost never get it. Personally, I think this should be used to, like, expose someone's lies when they are making shit up about someone. But um, and, and in a way, this did that. But I don't think that was the intention. Like, we see yet again that Thomas admitted to after being, like, specifically pushed multiple times by Hunter and specifically asked, has the thought literally ever crossed your mind at any time, even for one second, about the possibility of being the next Bachelor? And he's like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that, that was a thought that was in my brain at one point. Like,
1: ending up being the Bachelor is almost equally likely as ending up with the Bachelorette. When you go in a season. It is almost it is literally. It it's is not literally because sometimes they pull sometimes from Sometimes they past pull season from another or something, season. But That's like true. Almost, almost. almost equally. And, you know, who wouldn't think about that? That seems odd to me. There could literally not be like a lower stakes confession for them to flash back to with a heavy, like smoky filter, like they're in some grimy, grubby, evil version of the past. And uh the men are all really caught up thinking about this, you know? They just
0: don't like him. They don't like him. I mean, th- that's really a big part he's, of it. Look, he's sort of a smarmy dude. I'm not particularly taken from by Thomas. It's just... Hilarious that, like, this is the crime that they were able to latch on to. And they were like, we will run him into the ground with this confession.
1: They're saying, like, as Thomas runs around in the background, Hunter's saying, like, oh, it's not just wanting to be the bachelor. There's a lot of other stuff. And James is like, yeah, it's like the insensitivity of wanting to be the bachelor. (laughs) Like, it really is. It seems like they can't put their finger on anything other than wanting to be the bachelor except that he has lied to them, which is true. We've seen him lie. They were pretty low stakes lies. Like, I'm not impressed by Thomas, but the more dramatically they react to him, the more I'm like, I mean, don't we all kind of like lie a little bit now and then? Yeah, this is like, actually this having it's like having the opposite effect. It's making like, me uh, sympathetic to Thomas. Yeah,
0: exactly. I was like, I never liked Thomas, and now I'm like, God, this guy got a raw deal. Like I know. my God, guys.
1: I was literally like, I'm being radicalized by the excesses <laughs> of the political opposition to Thomas. Like, I find that maybe I was pro-Thomas all along in my heart, but I only pursued that route because the hardliners pushed me with their crazy demands exactly um Trey's like you don't go from wanting to be the bachelor to falling in love with the bachelorette in three weeks which like like, actually they keep saying that but like what's the proof
0: also like yeah that that definitely happens
1: I'm sure it does like there's (laughs) they can't prove that that's a true assertion even though they keep saying it I'm because it's it's not true there's no evidence for it um Meanwhile, Thomas has concluded his run, and he leaps a fence like a gazelle, and he goes up to Courtney, who is on this sort of outside gym pad that they have. It's like an elevated platform. very,
0: very CrossFit Very
1: CrossFit. It's a place where the men can have heart-to-hearts, or where they can pump iron, or maybe both. I I prefer both. Both, in this case. I found a men's health article that describes what Courtney is doing as lateral lifts, so if you know what that is, envision a man staring deep into the middle distance with a face like stone as he does
0: lateral lifts with enormous free weights. And And has a heart to heart. It's like, it's (laughs) like, this is what men need in order to be able to express emotion. They're like, if I do this very traditionally masculine thing, if I show you how big my biceps are.
1: Literally shirtless. Literally shirtless.
0: I can also perhaps bond with another man.
1: Although it doesn't seem like Courtney is specifically interested in bonding with Thomas, it's almost more like Thomas like spotted someone who was separated from the pack and weak and he like took him down. He bounded over to Courtney and was like, "I'm just gonna start confiding in you." And Courtney's like, "I did not volunteer for this conversation." Like doing his lateral lifts the whole time. And Tom, also,
0: Courtney is just like, "Man, you really got yourself into a bad situation." Um, I definitely don't envy you. And that's what all of Thomas's heart to is. hearts are now. He comes <laughs>
1: up and starts talking to people, and they're just like, "Man, you really fucked up," you know? And sucks sucks to be you. And Thomas is like, "Yeah, it does." And they're like, "Yeah." Um, But what Thomas also says is basically, I've been trying to be a politician, bad admission, and trying to say what people want to hear, also bad. Um, He says, I've always been someone who tries to go above and beyond and uplift people. And now it seems like I'm being dishonest. But he's like, I'm really committed. I'm staying for Katie. She's worth it. And Courtney is pretty diplomatic. Like we said, he basically just says, you got yourself into this and sucks to be you. Um, But in his in the moment, he says, you know, Thomas is manipulating and I had a lot of respect for him initially. I thought he was a good dude, but he's just a good talker. He doesn't respect Thomas
0: anymore. They're really just blown away because usually the men are not good dudes and bad talkers. So it's confusing.
1: And, you know, some might say that Thomas is also one of those dudes But uh, I guess the general standard is. Yeah, I think it's
0: hilarious that they're like, this man is a master manipulator. Golden tongue. I'm like, it's week four and he has (laughs) fully flamed out, admitted that he thought about being the next bachelor, which is like the worst crime you can commit on the show. Extremely unstrategic, will not allow you to be the bachelor. Like, if he's actually trying to be the bachelor, he did a terrible job. He did a terrible job
1: like he he's either doing an incredibly bad job of trying to be the bachelor or he was consciously giving that up and renouncing it because saying yeah i've thought of wanting to be the bachelor while you're still competing is the worst move you could possibly make it will never happen now um so it's time for a group date and as you may remember from last episode Thomas was already on a group date this cycle, so he is not part of the group that heads out. And they're all excited for a break. The group is Andrew M, Christian, Connor C, Trey, Andrew S, Mike P, Josh, and Greg. Be daring in the name of love. Katie greets them. She's wearing, like, skinny khakis, a brown and white plaid jacket, and heels. What? How are we feeling about her styling on these dates?
0: Look. I think Katie's style is not style I would choose often. Sometimes I, I there were a few moments this episode that I really liked. This was not a favorite. Of I think mine. she
1: has a lot of good cocktail party, party outfits. She has yes. a lot of good gowns. But when they style her for dates, I'm often like, "You're the striking has a very day. weird balance between like." you know, yeah, like casual, like explorer wear or like cowgirl meets formal.
0: Because they're in the Southwest. She's from the Pacific Northwest. And I think they're trying to like integrate some of that because that's her natural style. But then you like have to add heels to every outfit.
1: I think it would be a better look without heels. Also, I'm not a big fan of that much brown, although I know it's
0: very in right now. Um, Um, But I think that is genuinely her style. (laughs) I guess. She's also she's also joked a lot on on Instagram about how like fashion is not her, it's not her forte.
1: But like she's getting styled, you know what I mean? Like if I she were getting, getting styled, styled but I would sp- want them
0: to present
1: me not as myself, but as having good style.
0: But I do think that, like, having seen, you know, we've seen so many um different seasons and the style changes pretty intensely. And I do think that they make an effort to style the the leads as like an elevated version of their personal style. I hear
1: you, but I think that they are you think not it's sticking a, the landing. Like, I think that you can try to integrate all those things and still not end up with skinny khakis and like an oversized brown and white plaid jacket. I agree. I just I, think that know,
0: maybe this, uh, I mean, I think obviously Carrie Fettman, the stylist, bears some of the blame, but like, I think part of it is just like, Katie doesn't have the best style. I, I really I, like her. I but hear I think you. She I hear you. I'm
1: just saying that, like, if we're going to critique this as a show, we need to say this could have been executed better. Um, we're definitely in agreement there t- today. <laughs> I'm not a fan. Today's date is about their sense of humor and also honesty and also... Uh, showing Katie how much they care about her because it's truth or dare, which is actually not truth or dare. It's just like the guys have to do a bunch of embarrassing and uncomfortable stuff. It really
0: reminded me of like a night activity at summer camp where you would like get called up one by one and just like have to like chug something gross. Like that was the the style of date. It was only dares and it was a very specific like low touch um, type of dare.
1: Yeah, and it's actually simply the same date as they had on Tayshia's season when they were trying to make the single location dates work, which is the bachelorette and her lady pals just, like, chill on a couch and watch as the contestants scatter around the resort and do all these dares. And then at the end, they have to eat two habaneros and propose. This is, like, legitimately just ripped from season
0: they were like it worked on one resort <laughs> yeah why wouldn't it work on another also it's treated like a race but there is like no
1: finish line there's no winner there's no reward why are they hurrying unclear to me
0: um, I kind of enjoyed how low stakes it all seemed like it, this felt like a break for us narratively like all the dudes were just like getting along and were like lightly embarrassed.
1: Yeah, the guys are definitely enjoying themselves rather yeah. than freaking out, which is a nice change. It really um, it, is. It was, you know, later Katie says to one of the guys like, oh, it seemed like you were all bonding during the state. And I was like, yeah, they're being hazed. Like, this is a fraternity <laughs> rush ritual that's being enacted. Like, I remember doing some of this stuff when mm-hmm. I joined a social club in, in college. Um, I didn't join a club that involved quite so, you know, onerous things because I'm a wimp, but like, it's trauma bonding. Like they're all going through these horrible experiences together and now they're best friends. And the next four years are going to be epic. Uh, So Mike P is the first guy we really see doing a dare. There's a station that is all these covered platters and they have to eat what's on the platter. He opens the platter. It's a pile of Twinkies. And this station is really just an it's the most triggering thing I've ever seen. He's like, he's eating the Twinkies. He's miserable. He's like, I haven't had a carb in seven years. He jokes that if he gets fat, Katie still has to love him. The The plates
0: plates have calorie counts. Like, why? Like, I don't know. Some sort of food eating contest is like a tried and true like dare thing, but like, why are we focusing on the fact that this could have made him fat? Right. Like, why does that matter? And also, why the fuck are there calorie counts there? Like, this I really that really bothered me. That really I really, really me hated off. it.
1: It's clear that the framing is not like eating a lot of food is hard. The framing is. Look, you know, look at these You're hot so buff disgusting. dudes. Imagine them like being so gross as to eat this many calories and ruin their perfect Adonis like bodies. the right. um, calorie, calorie counts really upset me. And, you know, Mike is a sweetheart. He's he's not thinking that hard about this joke. But I do think it's these. And I've been guilty of this, too, because it's so baked into our culture that like the way that relatively thin people often talk to each other. Involves a lot of imagined, like self, like insults based on an imagined version of themselves who is fat, um, that they feel is safely distant from them, or being like, "Oh, I look so fat," or "Oh, I'm gonna get so fat if I eat this," Um, and. It's something I try to be more conscious of now because it's something that when I became an adult woman, like, just starts to seep in. You hear other women doing it or other men, in Mike's case, and it just seems like a way to bond with other people. And then you realize, yeah, you know, as fat activists will point out, you're using other people's actual body as like this the butt of
0: the joke or this like and, horror and that's almost like yeah, story. like a fear a fear tactic, yeah. and that feels especially insidious on a show where as we've discussed before there are no non-fin bodies present
1: yeah yeah and this date is definitely drawn directly from the same kind of cultural thinking that leads to that kind of casting which is like fat people are bogeyman they they aren't here where the beautiful people are um And then there is a whispering sweet nothing station, which is like a giant ear that the men have to, I guess, do some dirty talk for Katie into for a full minute. And if they stop, they have to start over. And the ear carries through like a telephone cord or something, the audio to Katie and Tasha and Caitlin who are sitting on the couch. And so Andrew S. does some dirty talk in an English accent for Katie to hear.
0: He's just so committed to this bit. It will so, never end.
1: And Katie is so into it. She's like, Andrew S. has <laughs> this sexy English accent. And I was not I, only that, calling, like, Caitlin and Tayshia were as well. That's a that's first why he's on the committed. show. That yeah. is why
0: he's committed, Claire, because it it works, apparently.
1: <laughs> I mean, and that's something that I think we, we definitely wouldn't have seen with Chris Harrison, is the idea of the host. Like She's like yeah, these other, my my peers, these other girls, like, they also find this really sexy. Um, Greg yells over to ask if they can hear what he's going to say. And they're like, no, of course not. So he starts doing a little bit where he... I was like, I'm is not even he going trying... to describe it? I think
0: we I have was... a clip of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we got to hear this. Oh, Katie. Why don't you... Uh... Band on over and let me show you the 50 states. Oh, we got New Jersey, oh. New York. <laughs> Everything's bigger in Texas. Don't you forget about Florida now, baby. Oh, what the, is this We're class? gonna go nice and long and deep. Time. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, he felt good about that. What? I repeat, that was not good.
1: All the women are like horrified by this. Like he sort of high fives with his partner and the dares and and runs away. And they're like, oh, my God, he thought that was good. That was not good. Katie's like, I'm going to have to say something to him about this. And then they holler over at him, like, how's Florida treating you? And that's when they realize that they were listening. I just felt a little squeaky about this, to be honest. Like, it felt like a very high school thing, specifically the way they treated Greg. Like, it was like a three-way phone call. Like, we're going to get him to, like, admit something or do something a little embarrassing. And then it's like, surprise, all the cute girls were listening.
0: Oh, it was so like a three-way phone call. I wasn't upset by it. Um, I I think, I don't think you're wrong. I just, it seemed uh, lighthearted enough that it didn't bother me. It
1: was definitely lighthearted and hopefully most of the guys had fun with it. But I will always, I think, just feel a little gross about pressuring people to do something that is like a component of a private sexual moment in a very public way. And and then to like critique Greg for doing something goofy with it and acting like he really messed up, I thought was kind of uncool. Like, what, you want him to like sincerely like try to like, do a phone sex line thing with Katie right now <laughs> like he's being ridiculous. I I related to that.
0: I was just more confused. I was like what is there a reference here? Is he trying to be Matthew McConaughey? Like I just didn't I didn't get the bit. Like I felt like if he had committed to a goofy bit that made sense, it would have landed better. I just I just think I didn't that get like it. That's like
1: a level of critique that doesn't make sense to me. Like he's not a comedian. He's literally yeah, just trying I, to Yeah, I don't through think it's yeah. challenge. It's a challenge I, that I hate and I think is designed to kind of sexually
0: humiliate them. I think at the end of the day, it was like pretty lighthearted and she uh, is really into Greg. So oh, he she could probably really get Greg. a little bit of ribbing and it's OK.
1: She was willing to overlook that. Um, <laughs> that doesn't mean that I am willing to overlook.
0: That is that is fair. You you hold your <laughs> grudge against this date. That what is I do
1: love is making men get waxed because I think that men expect it. And they don't really understand or care how much it sucks, and so there is a waxing station. Christian, we see waxing part of Trey's butt. Which, if I'm Trey, like go for a different part of the body, man. Like
0: maybe Trey it have was to thinking. I don't think so because we see all different parts. It just mm-hmm. I think the card said something like a uh, one of the hairiest parts mm-hmm. of you. So they could have chosen, but I wonder if Trey was like at least this won't be visible. Like the other dudes are then walking around with like a single patch of hair missing from their like legs or <laughs> arms after. I'd ask
1: my partner to do a cute little design, like a lightning bolt or a, or a heart. Christian
0: was just like going for it. He was like, I'll be gentle. And then he like just <laughs> smothered wax all over his butt. <laughs> Here's the thing. You can't
1: be gentle about waxing. It sucks. I've been to professionals. It it hurts just as much as trying to do it myself. Um, oh, yeah. I think it's worse
0: to do it yourself. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> and afterwards, Trey is really shaken. He's like, I've never had my cheeks out in front of another man in my life, and I don't plan on doing it again. I'm very vulnerable right now. I need to be held. So the data is working on Trey. It's really breaking down his defenses. Um And the final challenge is that they each have to eat two habanero peppers, get down on one knee, and propose to Katie. I loved hearing Katie talk about this. Like, she really just takes these dates very seriously. She's like, this is the ultimate test of whether a guy (laughs) will do anything for me, but also enjoy it. Like, she's basically like, I want him to both enjoy doing this and also have it be the ultimate test of how much he will endure for me. He's going to suffer with a smile for her, her dream
0: man. I mean, and they really do. These men deliver. They're like out here just chomping on these habanero peppers and giving like heartfelt speeches while they like gently weep.
1: Yeah, poor Greg is is really flagging. He's had a rough day. He has to swill like a whole jug of milk. And then when he proposes, he's still crying. He says. I love you so much. Like, what a sincere! I times. mean, oh my God.
0: I was like, Greg, wow. That is, that's an the intense thing. statement. <laughs> the
1: habanero thing is unpleasant, but I think it actually helps them in this moment because they're so distraught and like weepy that it's actually they're I like, think, just say
0: the thing. Just right, say they're it. They're just
1: saying the thing that Katie wants to hear and that they feel like makes sense in the moment without overthinking it or getting in their heads. And this is how... Greg says, I love you to Katie for the first time. And she she's is, very pleased. She's like crying in her in the moment. She's like, This is the first time he said he loves me. And I'm, I'm counting it. I've decided it counts. <laughs> uh, it seems like she really wants it. Like she's ready to hear, I love you from Greg. Andrew S. seems to be proposing in an English accent. Of course.
0: So here's the what thing What else would he do?
1: Here's the thing about the accent. And I think Greg was doing this a little bit in his dirty talking thing. We don't hear a non-accented dirty talk portion. I think it's a distancing thing. I think that when you're talking in an accent, there's a little bit of like, I'm not really doing this. I'm not really admitting to anything. This isn't serious. I think that it creates a, a barrier to intimacy to a certain degree. I actually used to get really annoyed at Greg I think for that's doing a good, accents. A good point.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Uh, And she- Your Greg. Your Greg, Greg. to be clear. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, I used to get really mad at Greg Grippo (laughs) from New Jersey (laughs) for doing accents.
1: You know what? He and I have a long history. Um, No, it's just like, it's cute when you're really into a new person and they're doing some accents and then you get further and further along and you're like, in my day-to-day life I feel like he is sending his (laughs) English representative to hang out with me. And that's confusing. Um, I would like to see Andrew S say more things to her that do not have this little like distance of I'm playing a character while saying this. Um, in fairness, they are all doing fake proposals right now. Most of the proposals are pretty, pretty sweet. and Katie is over the moon. She's like, this has been fun. It's drama free. I'm feeling so good about how everything is going with the guys, and the night portion is going to be about truth.
0: We got the dare. Now <laughs> it's the truth. They didn't make That's it clear truth that those, the, yeah, that those two things were were happening separately. But I guess now, um, now we know. Now yeah. we understand why they could call it truth or dare. It's, the truth is deferred. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's not truth or dare. It's dare, dot 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 dot, and truth. Um, so the night date starts on a positive note. The men are all just loving on each other before Katie shows up. They're like, oh, what a good group, solid dudes, not I mean, a it really ton of insight. Yeah, I like pretty much oh. all of them. Um, I even like Greg. I know that's not a popular opinion around these parts, but I uh, do too. <laughs> like sort of, I all the things that like are like really milk toasty about him, I'm like, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> um Katie shows up wearing just an extremely sparkly black houndstooth jacket. See, dress. this
0: was an outfit that really worked for me. I was like, I want that <laughs> I, houndstooth jacket dress. I think you would
1: be able to really pull this off just as well as Katie. Like, I don't think that's a look for everyone, but I could. I can definitely see you in it. Um, and Andrew S steals her first. He pulls her to a little room with a covered platter, and she's like, "Oh my god, it's payback!" And he's like, "Oh yeah." I got you a treat. It's Taco Bell and a Lunchable and
0: some candy. And some candy. I mean, just the charcuterie plate of (laughs) Katie's dreams. It was like... Charcuterie (laughs) plates are an incredible, like, recurring theme within the Bachelor franchise. Um,
1: It's a a seduction technique, you know? Yeah. It's a a little pile of foods that you can feed to each other with your hands. Um, I think that the little pink pile of bologna squares was not
0: that wasn't like my style no but i don't know what katie it seemed more like they just
1: needed to fill in space on the board around you're like you have to frame the taco bell
0: just taco bell um
1: and so they have a nice little chat like he tells her you know i'm just trying to be myself i'd be the same way with you if we met in a bar and like, I just really connect with you. I've never had a woman understand me like you. And she says, yeah, you know, it just really flows between the two of us and they kiss. And then we get a couple sort of throwaway chats,
0: which we learn essentially nothing. <laughs> she talks to Andrew M. She talks to Mike P. They they both pretty much just express some, you know, cliches about the things a relationship will do or the things they will do in a relationship, but without any specificity. Um, And so we just, yeah, I don't know. They, they give us nothing. Like
1: Andrew M says, you know, every relationship you have to make each other better. And I promise I'll do that with you. And I'm like, okay, so like, what are you going to do? Like dinner table critiques of her performance that day? Like I, it's not placed in any meaningful context here. And Mike P says, oh, like, people talk about 50-50 in relationships, but it's really 100-100. And my whole focus would be, what does Katie need? If I have to sacrifice for that, I'll sacrifice. To me, I struggle with this framing. I think historically what this translates to is women sacrifice everything. And men. Men are like, I'm here. Men barely sacrifice anything. And they're like, I'm doing just as much as she is. And no, there are, yeah, there, are, there are
0: actual I mean there are literal studies showing that what when men perceive they are like doing 50 percent of the labor yeah it is not which is 50%. why
1: I feel as a woman I have to be constantly prepared to monitor whether I'm doing more than 50 percent you know for the good of for the good of everyone
0: and you're like I'm sorry <laughs> I'll really be pulling back right now because I think I've already given my 50 yeah.
1: Not this week, though, because uh, our son is homesick from school and Greg has been doing like all of the child care so I could work on this podcast. So I'm um, going to have to do some catching up. Thanks for the reminder, Mike P. Uh, <laughs> Greg sits down and is like, I was so nervous for this date. I have a weak stomach. You know, I wasn't sure what I'd be eating. I'm astonished that we don't get a shot of him puking after everything we see him eat. And then they sort of joke about like, oh, I'm a little mad at you. Oh, it's our
0: oh, first. It's our first fight. fight. Look how cute it is. I'm like, I know it's not your first fight because you're being really cute about it. And a real <laughs> first fight, like, is not cute.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so Greg is basically gushing. He's like. It's hard with the other guys, but I think about you all the time. I love our connection. She's like, I also love it. And then Greg, fishing for a little affirmation, says, what makes you so sure? And she's like, I'm not. Like, I guess I didn't, like, I didn't, like say I was sure. And I'm, I'm not. But, you know, you're great. You're not trying to impress me. You're just being yourself. And I'm starting to fall for you. And they make out. I'm calling it now, like,
0: this guy is going to be, like, I think final. We're too. definitely going home to New Jersey, like without 100%. a doubt. 100%.
1: And uh, Katie is feeling so good after all these conversations. She's feeling empowered by these strong relationships. We are going to take a quick ad break, and I'm sure when we return, Katie will still be feeling very good and empowered about all of her relationships. <laughs> Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style.
0: There's dressy stuff, trendy going out clothes, casual tops, and premium jeans. I mean, you name it, and Newly has it.
1: For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month, access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing.
0: Fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state of the art laundering facility are also included.
1: Plus the option to buy what you love. I love Newly so much. I actually have bought several items that I found through Newly, and they are staples in my wardrobe. Most recently, I've been looking for the perfect pair of jeans, which is a constant quest because my body is always changing and also jean styles are always changing. I was trying out this month the A. Goldie pinch waist jeans, which are sort of legendary for how flattering they are. And it was exciting to get to try them out without sending...
0: 200 of my dollars away. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code LTSI20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly
1: with two U's and enter the code LTSI20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month.
0: That's N U U L Y dot com, newly with two U's with code LTSI 20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life, and I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and, like, take action is therapy.
1: I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively.
0: Therapy is a great, safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down.
1: If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a
0: try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule.
1: Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge.
0: Get it off your chest with BetterHelp.
1: Visit BetterHelp.com love
0: to see it today to
1: get 10% off your first month.
0: That's BetterHelp dot com slash love to see it.
1: The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees.
0: Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year.
1: Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more.
0: And the best part all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands.
1: By partnering directly with Top Factories, Quince cuts
0: out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you.
1: q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash ltsi
0: and we're back and yes katie does still feel very (laughs) but not for long but not for long because trey has some concerns and yes they are about the devil who must not be named thomas
1: he's like he's Feeling like he's got to address it with Katie at this point. Which where did this come from? Like everyone's feeling good, chatting, having a nice time with Katie. They're bonding. They're brothers. Trey had a little
0: sidebar with a producer, and they were like, "Trey, remember how you were very concerned? (laughs) You should probably share that with the group."
1: What did you think about Trey when Katie brought up honesty earlier during the day? Did that make you think (laughs) about anyone who maybe she doesn't have all the information about? So Trey is bringing this up with the group, and Andrew S. emerges as the opposition here. He does not want to disrupt Katie's night by telling her more you know, drama about a guy in the house who might not be there for the wrong reasons. He's like, we handled it in the group. We talked to Thomas. Katie's happy. Let's just leave it alone. But the other guys all kind of line up behind Trey. Um, and so christian says you know like he's manipulating us like we can't just like let this go and andrew's like oh so you let him manipulate you like fine he didn't manipulate me and this was a a risky thing to say because now trey and the other guys think that andrew's perspective here is very selfish that it's all about how he's affected it shows a lack of care about katie and how she's going to be affected And Andrew's counter is like, well, Katie's going to figure this out in her own time without spoiling this group date and distracting her from her relationships with each of us. Um, And he's like, you're being selfish. You're upset that Thomas lied to you personally. And so you're going to ruin Katie's night over it. Trey's like, oh, Katie will look back and be disappointed that you valued 15 minutes with her over her happiness.
0: I was like, "Okay, Trey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Taking it a little far. I do think that that Andrew took the wrong tack here in being like, "Oh, you're the idiot that got manipulated and he didn't manipulate me." <laughs> but what we are seeing here is that like Andrew has a point that like something like this tends to derail a whole bunch of events like in the present and moving forward. And we see that this does, in fact, then dominate the rest of the episode and the rest of, you know, Katie's interactions.
1: Yeah. they're having this sort of debate that's like, what do we owe to Katie? What do we owe to each other? or or and- should it all be but but like the prop the, they're all they all see what they're doing as kind of the generous thing to do. For Magnanimous
0: Katie. when in fact, they're all being selfish. Andrew is operating from a place of like, I have a great connection that I feel sure about with Katie. I know I'm going to be kept around and I want the time to explore that. Some of these other guys who feel less, you know, certain about their connections are like, but Thomas is getting roses. He's taking up spots that could go to one of us. Yeah. He is a liar and we need to make sure that Katie eliminates him.
1: Right. And if you're a guy who maybe isn't getting that much attention from Katie – It might not seem like the worst thing to shake things up because the status quo for you is not great. Like maybe maybe somehow you'll be jolted into a higher position uh, in the course of what's about to unfold. Um, So Trey, with the backing of most of the guys, decides to take this to Katie in his one on one time. And he sits down with Katie and she got she's like, Oh, I love the drop the lack of drama on this date. I have so many good guys. And Trey's like, yeah, yeah, no, that's great. Like, I love talking with you. I could flirt with you, enjoy it, whatever. That's great. However, I really came here to talk to you about something you need to know. Thomas isn't here for you. There's a pattern of manipulative behavior. And Katie's like, All right, tell me more. And Trey tells her that Thomas admitted after being asked four times that he wanted to be Bachelor. And she's, like, devastated, but she's like, this is, you know what, this is something I 1,000% want to know.
0: In this retelling, I feel like Trey has exaggerated the reality of what happened, right? Like, he doesn't mention that, like, specifically Thomas admitted to having the fleeting thought that perhaps one option in many options could be that he would be the next Bachelor. He was, like, he admitted that he came here to be the Bachelor.
1: Right. Like, the the framing makes a big difference here. Like, there's a big difference between what everyone feels, I think, going on the show, which is, like, maybe it'll work out with this person. Oh, wouldn't it be crazy if, like, I could end up being Bachelor, I guess, um, versus if I go in the show and play my cards right, I will be the Bachelor. Right. Yeah. Um, so... Trey obviously frames it in a way that is more convincing for the case he wants to make. And Katie receives this the way I think he intends it to be received. And she says, you know, lots of people come on open-minded to love, to other things, but wanting to be Bachelor, that means you are never open to falling in love. Which, how is it, how does it mean that? To me, like, if you're The Bachelor, you're literally going to fall in love as The Bachelor. That's that's kind of the goal either way. So, you know, I guess there's just a lot of assumptions being made by Katie and the other guys here that, like, if it ever occurred to you to be the lead, that means that you have ill intent and that you are incapable of falling in love or ever, like, turning the ship around. And... That just assumes fact's not in evidence to me. Um, I agree. But they just, they can't let the taint of ambition come into this pure world. It would ruin everything. So she tells the producer, like, I liked Thomas. I really did. And now I feel like it was a lie. Back in the group, Trey's like, Katie took this really well. Um, I think getting a rose would affirm that I did the right thing by being honest. Oh, interesting, Trey, that you bring up the rose. Is it possible? That that was a motivation for you, like the fact that they know no, that Katie Trey
0: is pure. Trey is pure of soul. He only did this for the collective good. He is a martyr, <laughs> and we must treat him as such.
1: I, if, if I were one of the other guys <laughs> who backed him up, and then what? Ha- like, so what happens is that Trey gets the rose. Katie is like, thank you for coming to me with that. She's
0: aggressively pro Narc. If I'm the other guys, Cause...
1: I'm like, I should have made the move. Like, I could have gotten a Rose and been safe for another week just by selling out Thomas.
0: Yeah, like, his biggest defender is Christian. And then, like, Christian goes home this episode anyway.
1: Yeah, Christian's just like, man, I should have done that. But, like, can't hate the player for playing the game well, you know? He's like, respect to that move. um, And... So Trey's thrilled. Like, this is exactly what he wanted. He went to Katie about the guy he doesn't like and wants out of the house. He was rewarded with a rose. I think Katie has essentially like, placed a bounty now on, on every relationship she has in the house. <laughs> like, every good relationship she has in the house is now really vulnerable to and actually, guys trying to get point, a rose on the backs right. of that.
0: This is the point that Andrew S. explicitly makes at one point, I think. He says, like, it's scary to imagine, like, your relationship is then at the whims of other people. And I thought that that was a really good point. Like there's now very actively an incentive for, for men to exaggerate situations and to like play up potential points of conflict so that Katie will start eliminating people.
1: Right. It's not just like, I won't penalize you for coming to me with this. I won't shoot the messenger. It's like, bring it to me and you will be paid (laughs) in a rose and yeah, Andrew is just beside himself Trey is feeling very good about, about what he did, Andrew's like "Oh, I don't, you know what, she took it well but like you still killed the whole vibe Buzz Killington, he says that's his, his name for Trey um, and they head back to the house so the other guys are also thrilled um, and they're basically like, it's a matter of time for Thomas now to get sent home and at one point, Courtney is like, "Will she even want to give Thomas another chance? Will she want to hear him out? Like he's just gonna tell her a bunch of baloney. And who likes baloney?" I think I not I, Courtney. <laughs> Apparently, Katie does based on that little charcuterie board we saw earlier. Uh, Meanwhile, Katie is sipping coffee in her room. She feels like a fool. She saw Thomas going far. Funny thing about all of this she is wearing an outfit from a day, From like
0: the day before. Like like two days <laughs> before. Or days before. D- two days there was before. a
1: one-on-one in between. She's wearing the outfit she wore on the group date with Nick, which was at least a few days ago at this point. And in other words, before she heard about Thomas. But she is very much being portrayed through voiceover as taking this time with a coffee to think about Thomas and how he has betrayed her.
0: There is a lot of creative editing going on in in this episode, Um, I believe that Nick said on his podcast that like by the time his date had come around, he knew Blake was there. So clearly the Blake arrival. (laughs) Oh God. Oh, I'm so sorry. We, I I know that all of you had no idea Blake was returning until this moment. I am so sorry to have spoiled um, that massive reveal reveal. for you. So,
1: (laughs) Someone knocks on the door. It's Taysha, the last person Katie expected to see. This is not the last time during this episode that Katie will say that she is seeing the last person she expected to see, despite the fact that there are a lot of hints that it might be that person. For example, Taysha is one of the two co-hosts of the show she's on. (laughs) So she seems like a pretty likely person to be at the door. Um, And Taysha tells her someone from her past has reached out to her. Someone who felt passionately that he and Katie would be an amazing match. He's a wonderful guy. He didn't come at the beginning. He wasn't sure if he was ready to be back in The Bachelor hell. But I can't tell you who it is. Not even a hint. He can't stop thinking about you. Ha ha. Go get him, girl. And Katie is, Katie is every single emotion right now. She is literally every single emotion literally she is them she is just she is just like a whirlwind of emotion there's nothing left for logic or facts or editing sequence logic (laughs) um and meanwhile there's a man out there a burly man who is strapping on jeans and bracelets and a bomber jacket to look beautiful for katie
0: i wonder who it could be
1: no one's mentioned it on this podcast or anywhere yeah, else. I,
0: no, no, I have no idea. I mean, frankly, I have full amnesia. I watched it and I have no idea who it is. My my breath is bated. <laughs> We're
1: just going to have to keep reading the notes. Yeah. <laughs> so, Katie stomps on down the gravel path to the big reveal spot. There is just a hearty, beefy suitor waiting for her. He turns around. "Oh my gosh, Blake!" she cries. "Blake, I'd forgotten just how beardy and toothy Blake is like he has very toothy teeth he has a very jawy jaw he has a very
0: beardy jaw is it the jaw that makes me confused by his facial hair like I was staring at it last night being like what why okay I was like it is a full beard but why does it like give the impression of being a chin strap
1: I think that it is more groomed on the sides and more bushy at
0: the chin. And underneath I think what it is is that also like there's this like gap of of skin mm-hmm. between his lip and the beard that I'm sure is just genetic but like it to me <laughs> like it upsets, gives the yeah. essence. It gives the essence of a, of of a chin strap. Of a chin strap and it's upsetting to me and I th- I just That's don't. I definitely unfair. I, when you have of such me. a
1: sturdy jaw, like lower jaw, <laughs> to add on a beard really emphasizes it's a lot of It's luck. a lot it's of a jaw. Lot of I think that Blake's <laughs> whole thing just like to me, he looks like when you draw a cartoon of a man who's supposed to be like uber masculine and you make his jaw just like the size of a mountain it's like gaston or something you know you're like you can't yes. just have a human sized chin it has to be the man now i'm chin. picturing
0: gaston with a oh beard God, that's what he looks like <laughs>
1: um
0: uh and and look this i when i first realized that that blake was returning which again we have seen teased before um I was like, uh, I just didn't have the best feeling about him from from Claire's season, to Claire and Tayshia's season. Like, his intensity came off a little creepy at times to me. Um, so I was like more charmed by this interaction than I thought I would be, frankly.
1: Yeah, it's clear that they have some chemistry. She is not unhappy to see him, despite the obvious sensitivity of bringing a new person on mid-season and he starts with basically an apology which is as as you noted emma a good move he says like i know this throws a wrench in your whole situation but i knew it was the only way except for maybe coming on at the beginning and i just didn't feel like it and he's like you know i love how bold you are playful open your humor i relate to it and katie uh tells us that she dm'd with him after her season that he reached out to commend her for her bold personality and she's like he's a very handsome guy you know p- p- well-intended people can disagree um and she's like you're the last person i thought i would see which really she, like a guy from Tasha's season w- is there and you're like i bet it's not the guy who reached out to dm me about how great i am she,
0: yeah she, she admitted on twitter last night that she thought it would Either be Blake or um, Dr. Joe.
1: Oh man, Dr. Joe, that would be fun. I know. I love now. Dr. I'm Joe. sad. <laughs> I Dr. Joe. Um, so she, I think he's going to be
0: on Paradise. Actually, yeah, which I'm excited about that's
1: good. Um, I I want the best for him, but also I just want I want more more Dr. Joe. Uh, so Katie is very flustered by all of this, but she's also clearly interested in Blake like she's like do I see something with you like maybe she's basically
0: like yeah (laughs) Yeah, I
1: could (laughs) but she's like I have these good relationships already I don't want to mess those up by making them mad at me essentially by bringing you in late and she also points out you know I would be her third bachelorette and there's already been a lot of house drama about like the right reasons shit which they're they're there was already, even though Thomas hasn't happened yet, the whole Carl thing was also right reasons. And Blake is like, I wish we could have met in any other circumstance, but you check boxes, no one else has. I would regret it forever if I didn't come. But it's true. She was, she would be his third bachelorette. He made a really hard pivot from Claire to Taysha, which oh, yeah. was a tricky move to pull off because he was one of the guys who was really gung ho about Claire and now he's back for like literally the next bachelorette it does look a little bit like you'll just go after any bachelorette at this point but i like them i like their vibe
0: together despite this i think he it's a much better uh, to me this chemistry felt much more natural than his chemistry with either Claire or Tisha, yeah, I feel like it just felt like off.
1: There was an element with Claire I remember of being like, well, I did the thing that like I he reached like, out I to prepared. You.
0: I prepared for this. I reached out to you. I like researched you. Like it felt it was it was a lot. Yeah. Um he's toned it down yeah. with this entrance, which was wise.
1: And he he tells her basically she's saying I don't know if I want to risk this with you and he's like, well, I promise if we connect the way I think we will if I make it to the end, we'll be engaged. Basically, he's, he's like, like, I'm not here to fuck around. Yeah. It's the Blake Moynes engagement guarantee. He's like, you can count <laughs> on it. Uh, I will beat any offer. And Katie's like, you're a troublemaker. Um, So I need some time to think about this. And she departs. And, you know, it seems like she only thinks about it for like 12 hours. As we can kind of glean, it's actually like
0: Three a to five days.
1: days. <laughs> um, so in the meantime, she still has to get through the long-awaited rose ceremony and deal with Thomas. So we're going to take a quick break, but we will be back with that rose ceremony.
0: Like,
1: Article believes in delightful design for every home.
0: And thanks to their online-only model, they have some pretty delightful prices too. And uh, it just really like elevates our deck. That and the ottoman we bought to go with it. So comfortable, so chic also can withstand a whole lot of rain.
1: So important. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.
0: They're having their Memorial Day sale from May 13th to May 27th, which would be the perfect time to use your store credit on top of sale prices. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.
1: 1 in 5 Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list, as they should because it's very important.
0: If that's you, then make this year the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel.
1: Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel,
0: the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as 3
1: Get up to 60% off at babbel.com
0: slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI.
1: Rules and restrictions may apply.
0: And we're back. And the guys at the house are still plotting Thomas's demise. Remember, we were with Blake, but now we pivot back to Thomas. (laughs) We took
1: a little trip back in time to Blake, and now we're back right where we were before. Um, Aaron as we may remember, sort of initiated the Thomas
0: situation.
1: Um, and he's doing a lot of narrating just to keep this this anti-Thomas crusade going.
0: He's also reflecting on the global catastrophe that is uh, climate change. Yeah.
1: He says, it's global warming. He's sitting on an ice cap. It's shrinking every day. The seas are rising. And I don't think he knows how to swim which is a really a striking moment where we we learn that Thomas both believes in and actually identifies with global warming.
0: He's gleeful. He's excited for the
1: mass extinction event of Thomas (laughs) and possibly all human and animal life on Earth. Um, So meanwhile, Andrew S., we do see briefly, like, connect with Thomas and fill him in on the drama on the group date. And once again, just like a boy chat for Thomas where – A guy basically is just like, well, you fucked up, man. I think you know you fucked up. And Thomas is like, well, I don't know. Everything I've said that's getting freaked out about now just seems like kind of rational thinking to me. And the thing is that I kind of agree, except for the, the lies, which are kind of small and dumb. But, like, he does have I, to take accountability for those. But a lot of the yeah. stuff that people are really fixated on just seems like him admitting to some rational stuff that he should have kept to himself because people weren't going to be rational about He's it. He's just
0: – and the funny thing is that they're all framing him, again, as this, like, master manipulator. And I'm like, this guy is just, like, really not tactical. Yeah. It's, like, literally – incorrectly tactical. All of his, like <laughs> – it's just I don't know all of his like shots have been fired in the wrong direction yeah
1: he's he's good solely at seeming sympathetic in one-on-one conversations is that enough to make someone a master manipulator I think you've got to have a plan beyond that you know um meanwhile Tasia and Caitlin come to Katie's suite for another one of these little girl chats that are filling out the runtime of this episode in which I find as relaxing as a spa day for my brain and Katie is trying to decide like does Thomas deserve a second chance and Tasha and Caitlin don't seem on board with that um, she sort of fills them in on what happened and Caitlin's like well there's one way not to be the Bachelor and that's to tell everyone that you want to be the Bachelor which is an excellent point I'm yeah. glad someone made it on screen
0: except that she seems to be Almost being like, yeah, what an idiot. Right. And it's he's the worst. Is he an idiot? No, but that's actually a good
1: point. (laughs) Um, He can't be an idiot and be such a master manipulator. Um, It's got to be one or the other. And uh, Taisha says, you know, at the end of the day, he was thinking about using her to propel himself. And Katie admits that before this, she was picturing hometowns with him, which I want to remember because later she says some things about her gut that I'm going to want to assess through a critical lens. Um, but basically, the consensus that Tasha and Caitlin are joining is that Thomas is just a manipulative dude. He must go. Also, I just think it's crazy that... Katie literally is the bachelorette after going on The Bachelor. And she and everyone around her who did this, like including Caitlyn and Tasia, who both did the same thing, are acting like it's like a huge character flaw to ever <laughs> consider being the lead after appearing on a season. Um, just want to flag how weird this world is that they have to operate using this impossible dream logic that doesn't connect.
0: No, it's like you must never consider it until the moment you are approached to do it. and then Like you must two weeks after decide, you're cut from the yeah, show. You must very quickly decide that, yes, this is something you're willing to pursue and are prepared to pursue, yeah. even though you have, of course, never thought about yeah. it before.
1: The only good bachelorette, like the only good politician is someone who has to be convinced to do it. They never sought this out. You know, they don't want power. Uh, they No, just want... it was just bestowed. It was bestowed. So it's time for the cocktail party or one would think it was time for the cocktail party. The men are all assembled in their Sunday best and they're looking forward to finally getting some time with Katie. They're hoping that Thomas will be gone by the cocktail party or quickly into it.
0: Cause they haven't seen him in a while. It's been a while. Thomas isn't there. Hopefully he's gone home. And then (sighs) we see Thomas just roaming the halls of the hotel In his real estate agent, muted red blazer. This blazer just really signals
1: I'm in uniform at some sort of upscale (laughs) establishment or a real estate agent. Like, there's just no other way to interpret. Like, he could be taking... Honestly, he really seems
0: like a smarmy realtor.
1: (laughs) He really does. I could see him on a a yard sign. A billboard. Yeah, or a billboard. So he's decided he needs to talk to Katie because if he doesn't bring it up, it will seem like he just on some level thinks that the claims about him are true, which is some tortured logic. But he's decided to talk to her. Here he is. Katie is clearly cocktail party ready, full makeup, stunning, silver sequin dress. She does not look happy to see him. But Thomas decides to take a tack that I'm curious what you think about it. He decides to go in not feeling not seeming as though he feels guilty or abashed but he comes in like i'm here to take care of you how are you doing i'm still kind of the protector here
0: i thought that initial open was like weird
1: yeah he's trying Uh he's trying to assume a non-supplication type role in this conversation and maintain a certain like power level i think
0: Right. I I did understand him sort of just being like, yeah, I'm going to like not lie. I'm going to cop to it and tell you what I said. Like, I think that was a more like I understood why he took that tack, like rather than trying to double down or lie about what had happened, which I frankly think was smart. Um, But he also goes on like a weird. A weird monologue where he talks about.
1: Right, so Katie How So Katie says he's been yeah. So he basically is like, A lot happened this week. I wanted to check on you. And she's like, Yeah. yeah. Like what, what do you think, what do you happened, think happened Thomas? <laughs>
0: yeah, fill me in. we again weird opener, a weird fucking opener. Yeah, and this it's is like when he thought he sets like off. she might like she might she might do that for him. He thought right. she might do the, like, hard work for him.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, she might just be like, yeah, I know, and and turn it into, like, an emotional bonding moment instead of having to go through the whole, like, apology and stuff. So this is when Thomas sets off on his explanation. He says, you know, I know things are being said about me. I'm not close with the guys. It's been really hard. I've had to sit back while my character gets demonstrized. You know what? Okay, I, it sounds like we're being rude. So I, I think we have a clip that let's we're gonna play, play a clip. Demonstrized.
0: Demonstrized. Demonstr. Demonstrized. 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 <laughs> No, I have no idea what he's trying
1: to say here. No idea. Like I feel like we're are de- reaching the point. It's like the a, a moment of saying, "Well, like she's gonna know what I mean, no matter what word I use here." So I'm just gonna say some syllables that sound like a smart word.
0: It's like ostracized, <laughs> demonized, Demon. de- demolished. Like demonized is kind of the closest. The closest, but it didn't destroy. Really, like destroyed ostracized the problem is like none I I guess your character can you can be demonized, but it's weird to be like, my character was demonized. I, no, it's just. I don't even know what he was going it's for just, here. He's is my He's charging
1: point. down the barrel of the sentence. Look, I'm a podcaster. I've been there probably on this very podcast Same. where I know I'm going to need a word that signifies a certain something, but the word isn't coming. And so you just throw out a grab bag of syllables that sound sort of similar to what you're thinking. And you're like, that sounds like a word that means the thing that I know I mean. And everyone's going to know what I mean. Like. Obviously, he's saying, I've had to sit back while my character gets destroyed. But given his claim of being like an intimidatingly good talker, not a shining moment for him. (laughs) So he's like, I'm going to fight for you. I'm not going to walk away. No matter what anyone says, you're the you know, if you're the person for me and I'm the person for you, like I'm going to be here. And Katie says, well, I was told you wanted to be the next Bachelor.
0: And he's like, yes, I did say. I had thought about being the next bachelor because I was literally asked. He's like, I, yeah, I like didn't know
1: you. And so of course I wasn't convinced and like determined to specifically fall in love with you. I just thought, you know, that's a thing that like happens when you go on the show sometimes. Right. And he
0: even says, he says, it didn't seem crazier than coming into this and falling in love. And that's what's actually happening. And I was like, frankly, that's a good point. I, like, it doesn't seem crazier than falling in love. The, the way that he's having
1: to respond to these wild accusations does make these rebuttals seem very convincing. And I should be going back to what I know is true, which is when they did interact without this drama going on. It was all sweet talk, smarm. nothing and smarm. So, like, it's not I don't really believe that he is that in love with her. But neither do I. That but like that in, seems more evident from what happened before than anything right. we've learned from this.
0: Right. Like I don't trust him, but not because of this. <laughs>
1: right. I don't trust him because they would sit down and have conversations where he was just like, I just the way I feel when I'm with you, it's hard to describe. I'll buy a house anywhere you want. And I'm like, we've never seen you have a substantive. He's exchange like of I'll, I'll
0: fight for you till the end what's meant to be will be it's like what the fuck yeah. are you saying but like, that's with each what other. makes me not trust you yeah yeah there's no banter he's never said like any specific things he likes about her but then of course the thing that she's suspicious of is the fact that he like had a
1: really rational thought yeah which is that he might one day be in her position which she thinks is such a psychotically awful thing to do <laughs> um And he says, you know, none of the guys can say they never thought about being The Bachelor when they came in. And she's furious. She's furious How could he impugn them by accusing them of being willing to do the thing that she did? And she says, I can confidently say that there are men in the house who have zero intentions of ever becoming The Bachelor. And, I mean, what do you say to that if you're Thomas? He's like, well, I, me too. Like, I feel that way. I'd sign something right now to attest to that. I would... I would sign away my right to ever be The Bachelor. Um, The only thing that gets me through this is the opportunity to be with you. And she's struggling a little bit. She's like, you're so perfect. You say what I want to hear. You're Prince Charming. But this is just a lot. It's so
0: much. I was just like, Katie, you need to examine why you think this man is and ever was Prince Charming. And also the entire complex behind the very idea and symbolism of Prince Charming but that's perhaps <laughs> a conversation for another day.
1: He just clearly has a very powerful in-person effect that is not it typically doesn't translate in full force. Yeah, to the there no there are
0: there are definitely people I feel like that we've been confused by and then you like meet one of these guys in person yeah. you're like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah." You imagine yeah, like, like
1: a the, charm. the full force of their like approval and interest shining on you and you're like, "I can see how that would be powerful if you're a, if you're a person who has that degree of charisma, and and force of personality, one to one, that can be really intoxicating. So I presume that's what's happening. To be generous to Katie here, and <laughs> Thomas kind of closes out by being like, "Well." I don't really, I don't know how this works. I don't say the right things. I don't have the right answers, but that's okay. Cause with you, I don't feel like I need to be that person. It makes, it makes me feel special. Um,
0: And she's like, okay, we're done here. Um, I have to get through the rose ceremony. So like, please be on your way. And we then learn that like, this has all been taking place over the course of what seems to be like at least three hours where all of the (laughs) men have been dressed in their suits, sitting on the couch in, in like the, ga- the the main gathering room, just like waiting for Katie to show up. And so they are maximally pissed.
1: Yeah. So Thomas walks in and tells them in that sort of a nouncy way that, that people always have to do when they come in and tell the whole group they've done something uh, that they're not going to be happy about. He walks in. He's like, so... I was just with Katie. I talked to her. We had a hard conversation about the fact that once I thought maybe it's possible that I could be The Bachelor if I start going on this franchise. And I just wanted to take care of that ahead of time. I didn't want to take more time away from your conversations tonight. And Christian says, it's midnight, brother. <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're like, it's too late. Like, what do you like? They're like, we've been sitting here since 9. You took away the time. Yeah. The time. Has been
1: taken. You're trying to get out of this on a technicality. Like, the cocktail party hasn't started yet because you delayed it by three hours by doing this. And in the process, actually did take up almost the whole cocktail party. Oh, God. Um, The men are furious. Hunter is like, we don't even know what to believe. Did this conversation even happen? Which, we're really in conspiracy theory territory here. I was like, guys,
0: guys, 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 take it down a notch. I know you're like hangry which i would be too i hate being made to sit around another reason i would do so poorly on this show like i love to sleep and i hate sitting around so i'd be screwed Uh, (laughs) i love sitting around so that part would be good uh
1: i mean the moment where hunter says that is just so funny to me because what else would be happening during those three hours katie just doesn't feel like coming
0: and yet it's still Thomas's fault. Yeah, I, I guess they're thinking, like, maybe he said something crazy and convinced her right. of a lie. But, like, we just saw him. We're like, eh, he just actually did have the conversation he just told you yeah, he was having. Maybe
1: instead of admitting to everything, he was seducing her with his charming smile and his red blazer. Meanwhile... <sighs> The drama starts to spread into a full group fight at this point. Andrew S. is like, I knew this would happen. Trey talked to Katie, and now this is all the cocktail party's been ruined. Some guys might go home because of this. They don't have roses. Thomas, you fucked up. You wasted our time by going to her right before the party. It's a ripple effect. It's created a ripple effect. He's like, I said it would be a ripple <laughs> effect, and here what is see? the ripple. Here's the ripple. <laughs> Aaron uh, says, well, what would you have done? Just not told Katie the information that you had? Uh, that's kind of what the guys all, aside from Andrew, seem to be saying. Like, what are we going to do? We had to tell her. And Aaron says, you can't leave it to guesswork. And Andrew's like, you're leaving it to guesswork. He's still here. And Thomas is there for all of this. He's watching them. The <laughs> vibe to me was uh, was like I was watching like an action comedy where there is a team of assassins like bickering over their wounded but extremely alive and conscious target.
0: Yes. That is that is so accurate. It's <laughs> like
1: high, high comedy. Um and so they're yelling at each other, you know, be respectful, don't yell at me. Of course, Katie chooses this moment to enter, looking stunning, if a little annoyed. And she says, Thomas, I'm sorry, you're ostracized in the house. I'm sorry for being late. I don't even want to toast or anything. I'm going to do my best here. And that's, that's, that's like, all I can do. She's I'm
0: fucking tired. Let's just do this. Let's get we through it. We have to get through it. Let's like, <laughs> come on. Come chat with me. So she starts, you know, having, having some conversations. She's a
1: professional. She's going to have the conversations that she's obligated to do. <laughs> so she sits down with Brendan and his time with her is indicative of what many of the conversations will be like, which is he sits down and is like, if there's anything you want to ask me about,
0: Thomas, I'm here for you. Like and She's like, no, bro, I'm good. She's like, I and just want like, to be in oh, the moment with you. Uh, he's like, I like you. I definitely like you. I like your, your qualities. Can't name what any of them are, but you have qualities. Like, you're a sweetheart, just a real sweetheart. And no bullshit. They do not no have bullshit. an intimate body They're, language. There is not one ounce of chemistry between these two people. The moment when
1: she's like, I just want to be in the moment with you and connect. And he's like, oh, uh, yeah. So so I like you. I, I like, like you. your qualities. He had nothing prepared for for an actual conversation. No, between he was them. like,
0: I have more to say about Thomas.
1: <laughs> like um, we can connect. And unfortunately, Thomas. that was
0: derailed. Then, yeah, we see her chat with with Justin. Uh, they all want to talk about Thomas. They're all here to be angry at Thomas, not really to connect with her. Yeah.
1: Except for Michael, who is. Who I love. He's such a sweetheart. He's thinking of Katie and how hard it is for her to deal with Thomas. And he's like, you know what? We all care about Katie. We can deal with it differently. That's fine. Let's just focus on her experience and how hard it's going to be for her to find a husband while all this is happening. Michael, I just, I love you. You're great. Strong dad energy here. Yeah. So he sits down with Katie and is like, I just am imagining life outside of this with you. Like, that's how natural I feel with you. And she's like, well, I have already begun to wonder how attached is Michael to Ohio, where his child was born and where his life is. Probably. He does not answer this.
0: He's like, he's like, wow, I'm so touched that you're thinking that far ahead. I was like, buddy, she really doesn't want to move to Ohio. That's what she's thinking. Well, I got to say.
1: You marry someone with a kid, pretty strong chance you're going to probably have to move to where they are,
0: where their kid is growing up. Katie has some, like, wishful thinking. She's like, maybe he's just, like, not an Ohio fan. Yeah, listen, it's
1: possible. And they make out, you know, conversation for another day. And this has uplifted her so much that she's ready to make her decision and commence the rose ceremony. So, meanwhile, Thomas is alone.
0: They did you notice that they the camera did an incredibly shady like close-up on a sign outside of the like random conference room that he's in and it just says relaxation room. I feel like
1: they want us all to know that they are not super psychologically torturing these guys. They're like, we have a relaxation room. Like it's 3 a.m., but we have a relaxation room. They can go in there and relax whenever they
0: want. uh, Gave me very extreme nap room in our newsroom at HuffPost vibes where I used to go to cry which is what Thomas is doing
1: he's like crying relaxing he's crying on the inside (laughs) he's like the house is turned on me they're out for blood he's being cancel cultured right now and Katie is his boss is she
0: going to cave to the masses cancel culture run amok Mm -hmm. I say yeah this has really turned me (laughs) I'm ready to sign any
1: open letter that Barry Wise wants to send to me at this point. <laughs> Aaron is saying, you know, at this point, if Thomas stayed, I would take it personally. Um, Katie doesn't really have a lot of... Like, this is where it starts to turn. I thought it was really kind of beautiful and clean and nice how the guys all came together as one to say one simple thing, which is, Carl is lying. That lie is causing unnecessary drama. And we are in a very clear, direct, simple, uncomplicated way, just refuting that lie. And just so you know. And now it's all devolved into the guys being like, well, if I don't like this guy, I should have the power to prevent Katie from
0: dating him. Like, they're just, they think they're in charge now. Yeah, the vibe has completely shifted in a way that I really hate. This is why
1: you can't let a man have any power in a relationship. This That's is the That's the problem. lesson.
0: That goes to their head immediately.
1: They're like, I'm the boss. <laughs> there's are still like 15 of you, buddy. Like, you're not the boss. You're the worker bees on this show. Hierarchies matter. Um, I'm I'm spiraling. Let's let's continue. Katie at this point feels this energy. She's like, there's so much negativity around Thomas. I really have no choice. I have to send him home. So they line up. Katie thanks them all for being honest and showing up for her that night. This is clearly ringing alarm bells for Thomas, because why would she thank everyone who has been bad-mouthing him to her and thank them for it's their just honesty? Like, he's
0: really hoping for, like, some miracle to occur.
1: So he decides this is his last chance, so he steps up forward, breaks the line, and says that he just wants to, like, openly apologize before the ceremony for any hint that he was there for the wrong reasons. And to all the guys for any time that he seemed to disrespect them or diminish the value they have as men, uh, presumably on the resale market, uh, they're just not going to be able to sell now that Thomas is next to them. You know, they look much less appealing. So he steps back into line. And Katie begins to hand out roses. Hunter, Greg, Greg, Justin, Brendan, Andrew S, Aaron, Mike P, James, Josh, Courtney, Andrew M. We are down to the final rose and Katie picks it up and she says,
0: Thomas. A shock ripples through the crowd. Aaron's like, oh shit. Justin, of course, gives an incredible wide eyed reaction. His facial expressions are just... So incredibly memeable. It is a real gift. I'm starting to forget what Justin looks like when he's not giving a wide-eyed
1: reaction shot. Like, it seems like yeah, every 30 seconds we see. they're cutting to that. Um, and then they do an ad break. When we return from this incredibly pointed ad break, I wonder what's going to happen next. Thomas
0: walks up to Katie and she takes a huge step back. She's like, do not come near me. And this is her moment, like the way we saw with like Claire Crawley, like amping herself up to tell off a man. This is Katie's moment. She says, you told me things I wanted to hear. What I learned about you tonight is you're selfish, unkind, and a liar. Your bachelor audition ends tonight. So get out. And we see it cut, intercut with like, Greg and Justin and like some of the other men just like slack jawed and shocked and like, like oh, my, my queen. goodness, my queen, <laughs> our bachelorette has done a savage move. <laughs> and this is I mean, it is pretty savage. She like they've never done this before. So he really thought he was getting that rose. And she's just like, fuck you, Thomas This was again.
1: This was too mean for me, unless there were crimes that were not. Depicted? I agree.
0: I was like I love this move, but like the punishment does not fit the crime. I was like when did you learn that he was unkind? Yeah. Like what did he do? I guess
1: just like being selfish and a liar is unkind? Unkind? Two two other flaws makes an unkind. I don't know. It's it's possible that she's right, but it's also from the evidence on offer, I think quite possible that she's not right. And that's just like a really brutal thing to do to
0: a guy, or a girl, it was, or anyone. It was brutal. It was very brutal. And again, I love a good like telling off, but I want it to be earned. Yeah. And this felt just like really for this dude. Eh.
1: Yeah, it didn't seem. It didn't seem like like the moment. I saw some comparisons to like Hannah B, and Luke P at the rose ceremony after she had finally kind of decided to get like, rid of him but luke p luke did p some like
0: really horrific shit
1: had a lot of well-documented like abusive behavior towards her by that point <laughs> and that's just not the situation that thomas is really in at least for us as a viewer and so it didn't really land for me in the end um Caitlin and Taysha come in to say that the guys who didn't get roses uh, have to leave. So also leaving Christian, which actually
0: makes me sad. I know I like I really grew to like Christian he he has She's like a there. really
1: fun energy with some of the other guys in the house like his his bro time with Trey during the the first that the, the yeah only it was
0: very time. it was very sweet also like David who we hardly heard from who is who's extremely like, handsome so beautiful like I forgot so... he was there
1: and then they would cut to him I was like who's
0: that, uh, hot who's that hot guy? Guy? oh David
1: yeah. uh and Connor C
0: who I feel nothing for. yeah
1: uh he always is there like he seems just like a filler can candid- like seat filler like oh exactly. one of the guys went to the bathroom like we'll send this bachelor contestant looking guy out there.
0: So this this also means then that the final rose which Katie was holding in her hands when she calls Thomas's name just disappears. It's gone.
1: Like she's holding it when he comes up to her, she gives the speech, close up shots when he walks away and we see her hands again, there's no rose there. Where did it go? And,
0: and none of the men seem confused as to why that final rose hasn't been given out. So I'm like, presumably they gave some explanation. I guess we assume that like ultimately that rose is earmarked for Blake. So we still end up with like the correct number of men when he's going to arrive the next morning. But it was just yeah. it was odd. There it was a lack of content continuity there
1: this is the risk of this move is that i'm sure it seemed anticlimactic to have her just hand out a rose to like josh after offering (laughs) pretending to offer one to thomas right like you have to end with something climactic and so they have to end with her sending thomas out and then it's like where'd the rose go it's a shell game um so katie is feeling really she's riding the high of of her bad bitch moment here she's like thomas betrayed my trust You don't get to use me as your stepping stone to whatever your goal is, which is exactly what a lot of these guys will, in fact, be doing. And that's kind of okay because otherwise they're just victims of a really exploitative system. Not here, not tonight, not ever. And she's like, now I feel empowered to trust my gut. Now I know all my decisions are good. Something about my gut, it just knew something wasn't right with Thomas, which, like,
0: did it, though? You said he was perfect. Did it,
1: like, repeatedly on this episode, she's like, "I I really liked him until I heard this. She used to, in fact, sit down with Thomas and basically say, like, I can't name what it is about us, but I just deep down, I just have a really good feeling about us. So it's actually kind of the opposite, it seems like, which is that she had a really good gut feeling about him. That she changed based on more rational things. But she's decided based on this to trust her gut. And who am I to question Katie? The bachelor and, and
0: her gut. You are you are no
1: one, Claire. <laughs> you are not two. That is true. <laughs> and her gut right now is telling her to explore something else. And so we see her, it's gotta be like
0: 3, 4 a.m. 3, 4 a.m. <laughs> I absolutely loved this scene and frankly it really endeared blake to me she's like knocking on blake's door and seems confused as to why he might not be awake in the middle of the night after she's presumably left him waiting there for like a couple of days. he's been awake the whole time just sitting <laughs> dressed in a beautiful
1: outfit back against the door waiting for her to knock they
0: don't let him out i'm sure so he opens the door. I bet he thinks it's like a producer or something, and he's you know wearing boxers. He doesn't have a shirt on, and she's like, "Are are you naked?" And he's like, "I what? I wasn't expecting you." He's like rubbing his eyes. He's he has no idea what's going on. And I was like, "This is very relatable." So she, this is how I would feel if I was woken up in the middle of the night unannounced.
1: Can you imagine? I just probably would sleep through it. Like they'd yeah, be like, I'll "You better not. come back in the morning." <laughs> Claire needs her solid eight to ten hours of beauty sleep <laughs> in order to look okay um, and so she waits outside for what seems like kind of a while she gets sort of impatient she's like should I come back later and he re-emerges he's like I had to pop a breath mint and put on my hoodie and which seems fair uh, Gavin yeah. himself. and of course the optimism of the breath mint like they might be about to make out and she asks him to stay. And she apologizes for making him wait, because it was actually like five days. <laughs> it seemed a little weird that she was apologizing for making him wait until I remembered that he has been there for longer than 10 hours. Several days. Point. And then Blake realizes that he's locked himself out of his room.
0: And Again, another relatable moment. Now I like Blake. Wasn't a fan before. Uh, this is how easily swayed I am. It's... You show me a little bit of genuine awkwardness and dopiness, and I'm like, I, this guy's great. I'm on board. The power
1: of storytelling to to shape our perceptions of people it's it's terrifying. It's dark. We should all be aware of this power at all times. So that brings us to the end of this episode. and it's time for love to see it hate to see it let's start with love to see it there were there are quite a few moments i actually loved but i'm going to go with justin's incredible facial expressions which are extremely gifable he i don't know if it's unconscious or if he just really knows the assignment he's like all the guys here are required to be ready and capable of of providing great reaction gifs and i got that covered it's incredible. I love him.
0: And I'm going to go with, as I just called out, Blake's adorably awkward middle of the night invitation to join the cast. I also would be very confused and half asleep and lock myself out of my hotel room if I was awoken from my slumber by just like a very hot lady who wanted to date me. So very relatable. Love to see it.
1: I also want to say I love to see Andrew S. holding out amongst all the guys as they grew determined to just stir up a ton of drama and ruin.
0: Don't the join the mob. He showed
1: a little bit of, of of will and integrity, and I really respected that. Love to see that. Oh,
0: totally agree.
1: And now it's time for hate to see it. Oh, actually, even more hate to see it this episode than love to see it. <laughs> More belabored conversations about the right reasons. I I swear to God, if this were a drinking game, ban it. I would Fucking be dead from alcohol poisoning. This was an out-of-control right reasons episode. I never want to hear the phrase again.
0: I just really hope we can all move on now that Thomas has left, but um, I'm doubtful. I... I'm sorry. I hated to see Blake's facial hair. I was charmed by him ultimately, and I'm sure I'll maybe I'll grow to love to see it. But for now, I still I hate to see the um, ghost of a chin strap there.
1: Mm, Fair. Honestly, I also hate to see Mike P's Twinkie induced fat phobia. I know that it was to see it. Hate to see it. I know it was not malicious, but it's it's so insidious and so harmful. And so I, I really do hate to see it.
0: Also, and look, this one is one that is um, shifting more on the scale of hate to see it as time goes on. (laughs) Andrew S.'s English accent. It's just the bit worked at first and now it's just it's like beating a dead horse in accent form. It's got to go. Just be yourself, Andrew. We really like you.
1: Yeah. Put English Andrew S. to bed for the rest of the season. That's all I ask. And now it's time to rate this episode on a sex positivity scale out of 10. This was a tough episode in a certain sense. Not a lot of sex relevant portions of this episode. Um, Probably the most was the bit where Katie, Taysha, and Caitlin listened to the men attempting dirty talk for the group date dares. I would argue this could cut both ways. Um, I didn't love that it put this kind of gross pressure on these dudes to do something really kind of intimate and sexual in a very public setting that both for the TV and also for all three women listening. I don't know if I found that super sex
0: positive. It also could potentially normalize dirty talk, which, hey, it's a beautiful thing and nothing to be ashamed of. I think, you know, maybe we should just rate this one like an even five Mm. could really go either way, not particularly sex negative or sex positive.
1: I think I agree. And that's it for Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray and Stitcher. This
0: episode was edited by Sarah Patterson. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like
1: the show, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. And more importantly, tell your friends who used to listen to us as here to make friends and help us like get the word out about our new and improved show. We're really excited for more people to find and return to the show.
0: And if you want to get in touch, you can always email us at claireandemmapod at gmail.com. Especially if you have questions you'd like us to answer on the pod. Record yourself on your phone's voice memo app and send us the recording and we just might feature you in an upcoming mailbag episode
1: you can also find us on twitter at love to see it pod and instagram at claire and emma pod
0: i'm on twitter and instagram at emma lady rose and i'm at claire e fallon we'll be back next week for week five of katie's journey Ditcher. You're probably already familiar with Vogue. You know, the publication that has given audiences an exclusive inside look at fashion and cultural moments for more than 100 years? You can expect no less from Vogue's podcast, The Run-Through with Vogue.
1: Meet the influential people behind the scenes of fashion's greatest moments, from designers and creative directors to Vogue editors and the woman behind the infamous Vogue closet.
0: Get inspired while listening to the creative processes of people like author Zadie Smith, fashion designer Tori Birch, and uh, recent star of the Super Bowl, Usher.
1: Go beyond the pages of Vogue with The Run-Through, available wherever you get your podcasts.